The world is running out of resources. As of February 2021, there are 7.8 billion people on this earth and a few in outer space as well. Scientists, farmers, ecologists, environmentalists, and plenty of others are working on trying to solve the problem of our increasing consumption of the world's limited resources. It's nothing new. People have been trying to do this for years. And they've been using a variety of ways, both ethical ways and also unethical ways. We all remember and have heard of China's one-child policy. That would be an unethical way. And we're not too much better here in the States. Any unwanted pregnancies, we simply abort the children. There's been forced sterilization. There's been genocide. And plenty of other societal ills that reduce the number of people in the world. There's also been a number of attempts to replicate natural resources with synthetic chemical processes. Some people think that people in America should be eating only synthetic meat. And if you're one of those people and you have meat in your freezer, let me know. I'll help you out with getting rid of that stuff. We've got some room in our freezer. Regardless of your thoughts on the ethics of these solutions... They're all trying to make this earth more sustainable. They're trying to solve the problem of the decreasing amount of resources and the ever-increasing amount of consumers in this world. Which brings us to a deeper or maybe even a more basic question. Who provides for our needs? Is it the government? Is it the farmer? Is it the scientist? Is it the engineer? Are we all on our own? Who provides for our needs? We're given an answer here in the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer as we pray, give us this day our daily bread. What does this mean? Luther explains it for us in this way, saying, God indeed gives daily bread to all men, even to the wicked, without our prayer. But we pray in this petition that he would lead us to acknowledge our daily bread as his gift and to receive it with thanksgiving. So what do we mean by daily bread? It's everything that's needed to sustain life here on this earth. Everything that's needed to satisfy our bodily needs, such as food and clothing, such as house and home, fields and flocks, money and goods, pious parents, children and servants, for godly and faithful rulers, for good government, for seasonable weather, peace and health, order and honor, true friends, good neighbors, and the like. And the list can go on and on. In this petition that we pray, we acknowledge that ultimately our Heavenly Father is the one who provides for our daily needs. In Exodus chapter 16, it's easy to see the Lord providing for the physical needs of his people. And I'll invite you to open your Bibles up with me to Exodus chapter 16. We'll be reading verses 1 through 15. And as we read this account of what happened after the Lord brought them through the Red Sea, beginning their wanderings in the wilderness... We'll see what it means for God to give us this day our daily bread. I'll invite you to stand out respect for God's word if you're able. Exodus chapter 16, beginning at verse 1. Again, reading in Jesus' name. Then they set out from Elam, and all the congregation of the sons of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after their departure from the land of Egypt. The whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The sons of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, and when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, 
I will rain down from heaven for you, bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them, whether or not they will walk in my instruction. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the sons of Israel at evening, You will know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your grumblings against the Lord. And what are we that you grumble against us? Moses said, This will happen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening, and bread to the full in the morning, for the Lord hears your grumblings, which you grumble against him. And what are we? Your grumblings are not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your grumblings. It came about as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the sons of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I have heard the grumblings of the sons of Israel. Speak to them, saying, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So it came about at evening and at, that the quails came up and covered the camp. And in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew evaporated, behold, on the surface of the wilderness, there was a fine flake-like thing, fine as the frost on the ground. When the sons of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. Father God, these are your words, and your word is true. Lord, we thank you for this testimony, this account of how you have acted in the past and how it reveals to us your nature and who you are and your provision for us. We pray, Lord, that through tonight and each and every day of our lives that we would recognize all of the many ways that you provide for our daily needs each and every day. We thank you, we praise you, and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. The idea that God is the one who provides for our daily needs can be traced back all the way to Genesis chapter 1 with the beginning of creation. What existed before God spoke when there was just nothingness? Trick question. Nothing outside of the triune God existing by himself when his unity of persons for all eternity, there was nothing else. But then God did something and changed everything. He spoke, and things started to, stake, to take shape and take form in this world. The world took form, and suddenly, in a moment, God created the perfect environment to sustain life. He creates the earth, and as he speaks more, he creates more and more and more for this environment to sustain life, including all the natural resources that continue to sustain us to this day. He created and provided for all of our earthly needs, and when it was done, then he created man. As the Israelites finished their joyous praise of God for delivering them from the Egyptian army that was drowned in the Red Sea just a chapter or two before, their song changed its tune not too long afterwards. And they began to grumble and complain against Moses and Aaron. And in verse 3, we hear what they say. We hear their complaints. They're wishing that they would have died in Egypt instead. At least in Egypt, they had a pot of meat that they could enjoy with themselves. At least they had food. At least they knew that they would have meals provided for them. It was way better than what they're experiencing right now. They could deal with the slavery. Imagine the brazen ungratefulness of these people, whom God has redeemed to be his own after everything that God has done for them, 
He has brought them out of Egypt, delivered them from their bondage and the abuse from their earthly rulers. He has rescued them from certain death, and now they turn on the very ones sent by God to set them free. If I were God, I know how I'd respond to these belligerent people. Say, fine, have it your way. There's a route back to Egypt. Go ahead. Go ahead. Be out of here. I don't need you. Because the truth is, God didn't need them. But God is infinitely better than anything we can ever imagine. And thankfully, that's not what God did. Rather than make them suffer and pay for their belligerence and their sins, he promises instead to sustain them, to sustain them each and every day. And he provides food from heaven every morning, except for the Sabbath day, which was to serve for them as a reminder of the rest that God brought for them when he brought them out of Egypt. While Aaron is speaking, the glory of the Lord appears in the wilderness in verse 11. And he speaks to Moses. The Lord speaks to Moses, informing Moses what he should do or what he is about, what God was about to do. He's going to fill the people with meat in the evening and bread in the morning. They'd have the food that they're desperately wanting. And in so doing, he would reveal himself. In so doing, they would know that he is the Lord. They would know that he is the one who brought them out of Egypt. They would know that he is their God. And in verse 13 and 14, the Lord fulfills his promise. And he provides for their food. Daily bread is more than just food, though. It's everything that's needed to sustain our lives here on this earth. And we also see God doing that for his people here in Exodus 16. The Lord provides for his people leaders and government. As Aaron and Moses led God's people, they were confirmed again and again to be God's messengers and the leaders of these people. They brought the people's request to God and they shared the laws of God with these people. You can read about the laws in the rest of Exodus and also in Leviticus. Contrary to any ideas that we might come up with, that we can have a a perfect little society on this earth, as long as we have the right people there and everything will be just fine, we need the law, don't we? We need laws because contrary to any popular ideas, mankind is not basically good. We aren't mostly good. We aren't generally good. If given the opportunity, yeah, sure, sometimes we'll do good. But when given the opportunity, oftentimes we do what we shouldn't do. God established Moses and Aaron as the authorities to govern his people. And he gave his law to these people to protect his people from the sinful hearts of their neighbors, breaking God's law and harming them. He gave his law to protect our neighbors from us, from our own wicked, sinful hearts that want to do wrong against our neighbors. Good government is part of the daily bread that the Lord provides for us. Having said that, that doesn't mean, however, that every government action is sanctioned by God. In just a few chapters, we read that Aaron sinned against his role of leading the people into worship. When Moses was up on top of the mountain, what did Aaron do? He crafted a golden calf and said, Here, this is your God. This is the one who brought you out of Egypt. That's not what the Lord had established him as a leader to do. He sinned against the role that God had called him to. Governments throughout history have also sinned against their God-given responsibility to protect its citizens. And again, it goes back to what lies in the very heart of man. As again, as much as it pains us to confess it, we are not basically good. Man's heart is corrupt, and so we don't have to look very hard to find corruption 
in places where corruption ought not to be. We don't have to look very hard to find corruption in the church when we are redeemed sinners here. And yet we're still sinners, aren't we? We don't have to look very hard to find corruption in government, even in our own government, as nice as it is and as beautifully set up as it's been. There's corruption because people are corrupt. In every other earthly government, you'll find corruption as well. In Deuteronomy chapter 29, we're told of another aspect of God's providence for his people. That while they were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, they didn't have to go find the local store to buy some new clothes. Their clothes never ran out. They didn't have to go to the nearest footlocker to buy new shoes. Their sandals never ran out. Their sandals withheld the walking day in and day out for 40 years. Does anyone here have a pair of shoes that have lasted for 10 years that you've worn every single day? I don't think so. If so, let me know the brand and I'm going to get myself a pair of those. Does anyone here have an outfit that is still in pristine condition even 40 years later? And before you think of your wedding dress, you have to wear this outfit every single day. No, we don't have that, do we? Because things break down. That's the process of life. And yet God is providing for his people. Their sandals never wore out. Their clothing never wore out either. For 40 years, they got to wear the same things and use the same things. God was providing for their daily needs. God provided for all the physical needs of his people. He provided food. He provided clothing. He provided shelter. He provided good weather. He provided the air that they breathed. He provided relationships with one another. He gave them godly rulers, rulers who feared the Lord. He established order there in that society and gave them neighbors and everything else that they needed to sustain life here on this earth. In today's fast-paced society, we don't generally take the time to walk back and see how all of our needs have been provided for. If you have food, you either bought it at the grocery store or you raised it yourself. If you bought it at the grocery store, you know that someone else played a part in getting you your food. But if you grew it yourself, you might think, well, I grew it myself. I did this myself. But how true is that statement? Where did you get the seed from? Who provided the seed for you? Who provided the sunshine for that plant to grow? Who provided the soil for it? Who provided the water for it? Did you bring these things, concoct these things together in your basement and then say, all right, now I've got enough water, I've got enough soil, here it is, plant, and you just speak it into existence? We know that's foolish. We know that we're dependent on things other than ourselves. What about our government? Did you handpick all of our representatives and the authorities that enforce our laws? Are you the judge, the jury, and the executioner? A lot of people think that it'd be done a whole lot better if they were the judge, jury, and executioner. But again, what about our sinful hearts? There's corruption inside each one of us. Or have you fought for the freedoms that we have today? And if you did, did your fighting for the freedoms give us those freedoms? Or did they just protect these freedoms for us? And if you fought, who provided you with the strength to fight? Who gave your lungs the air to breathe so that you could continue to live and fight? Who gave you the heart to pump your blood and the brain to control your body? I hope you're beginning to see how dependent we truly are in this life. We have a role to play, certainly. 
But to think that we can somehow provide for our own needs is absurd. It's utter foolishness. We're dependent on God. James tells us that we have a God from whose hand every good and perfect gift comes from. The Lord is the one who satisfies our needs ultimately. And oftentimes he does use others in this life, in this world, to satisfy those needs for us. But the Lord is the one behind every one of those met needs. In this petition, we recognize where our daily bread comes from. It comes from our Heavenly Father. And knowing that God is the one who supplies for all of our needs ought to be a special comfort for us because of who God is. Jesus tells us in Matthew 5 that God is the one who causes the rain to fall on the righteous and also the unrighteous, the people who maybe deserve it and also the people who don't deserve it, the people who ought to be grounded by God or punished or disciplined. In Psalm 145, verses 15 and 16, David acknowledges that God is the one who gives us our food, and not only the human race its food, but God is the one who ultimately satisfies every living thing. And he does this purely out of his own fatherly goodness. He does this because it's in his nature. Earlier in Psalm 145, David writes that the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and great in loving kindness. The Lord is good to all. And his mercies are over all his works. God provides for our needs even when we don't deserve it. He provides for us even when we turn our backs on him and we try to do things our own way. Even when we think that we're providing for our own needs, God still provides for us in his grace and mercy. He provides for the needs of those who mock him and for those who spat in his face. He provides for the needs of those who stubbornly reject him and refuse to acknowledge who he is and what he does, refusing to acknowledge his goodness. He provides for our needs because he is gracious and merciful, because he is slow to anger and great in loving kindness. And we see it every day when the sun rises, every day when the sun sets, every season when the seasons change, every plant that starts to bear fruit, we see God's handiwork and God's mercy and grace for us there. But how else can we know that God is gracious towards us? Where is the proof? They say the proof is in the pudding, and I'm not really sure what all that means, but the proof of God's love for us here is in the pudding to death of his one and only Son which Scripture says in numerous places that this is the way in which we know that God loves us. This is a way in which we know that how God desires to interact with us, how God desires to relate to us. He loves us so much that he gave his son to die for our sins so that we could have a relationship with him, a relationship with him that would last for all eternity. We aren't worthy of that sacrifice, and we certainly can't earn it, but it was there that God showed the world his love for every precious eternal human soul. It was there on that cross that the love of God literally was poured out for mankind in the blood of Christ. Nobody could earn it. Nobody deserved it, and yet God gave it freely. And get this, Scripture says, while we were yet sinners. You tell me, Were the people who Christ died for righteous or unrighteous? Were they deserving or were they undeserving? Paul asks the question in Romans, he says, And if God not only, or if God who wasn't willing to withhold his one and only son gave his son for us, how much more will he not freely give to us all things? What else could God withhold from us if he wasn't going to withhold his only son? 
God provides all things for us each and every day, even when we don't deserve it. The content of this petition could be summarized with the words of Peter in 2 Peter 1.3, where Peter writes this, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Everything needed for our earthly lives comes from the hand of God himself. Whether we acknowledge him or not, he remains the source And though this petition focuses mostly on our earthly life and our earthly needs, Peter reminds us that God doesn't stop there. But he's also provided for us everything needed for godliness. Everything that's needed for you and for me to be godly, sinners as we are. Everything that was needed for you and me to be in a right relationship with God, Christ has provided everything we need for that by his divine power. Again, it comes from Christ who has taken our sin and who gives to us his righteousness. You see, God is good. He is gracious and merciful and great in loving kindness. And this is precisely why we pray that he would give us this day our daily bread. Because we know that he does. And we pray that he would give us our daily bread so that we might remind ourselves and acknowledge that everything we have comes from God. And that we would be satisfied with whatever it is that he has given to us. It may very well be true that our world is running out of earthly resources, and that can cause us to take drastic measures at times. Did anybody hoard toilet paper back in March? Do you still have it or have you run out? Hope you haven't run out yet. But if you need to, there's still some in grocery stores, so don't worry about it. Our earthly resources might be running out, but we can still trust that the Lord will provide for our daily needs. We don't have to go to unethical lengths to solve our own problems. If this world is all we have, then that's all our hope. But we have someone outside of this world who is able to literally rain down bread from heaven and bring quail to us even when quail doesn't exist and isn't in this area. God is able to provide for our daily needs. God's word gives us a picture that this world isn't all there is. That there is a supernatural being, that there is a God who loves us, a God who cares for us, and a God who provides for us. A God who knows when a sparrow falls to the ground and knows a number of hairs on your head. He knows what you need, even before you ask. We aren't to be wasteful or to be poor stewards of the resources that he has given to us, but we are to look, for, look to him as our heavenly father, our creator, and our sustainer, and ask that he would continue to give us what we need. And so we pray, give us this day our daily bread. Let's pray. Dear Father, we recognize that you are the one who gives daily bread to all men. That you give daily bread to us, Lord, so many days we don't deserve it. Each and every day we don't deserve the many blessings you give to us. You give daily bread even to the wicked without our prayer, without their prayer. And so we thank you for that. We pray that you would help us to acknowledge that our daily bread is your gift and that we would receive it with thanksgiving. We pray that you would grant to us everything required to satisfy our bodily needs, and Father, that we'd be satisfied with what you give us. We do pray that you would provide for us food and clothing, for house and home, fields and flocks, money and goods, for jobs, Lord. We pray that you'd give us pious parents, parents who love and fear you, and who seek to raise children up in the fear of the Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would be with our children as well, that you would continue to send children here on this earth. Thank you for the joy that they bring, Father. 
And we thank you for the many servants and employees and workers around this world who continue to make the world go round. And Lord, who continue to help this supply chain run, that we can have what we need. Thank you for providing them for us. Lord, we do pray for godly and faithful rulers and for good government. We pray for seasonable weather, for peace and health and order and honor, that you would give to us true friends and good neighbors. And Lord, that we also would be true friends and good neighbors to those around us. We thank you, Father, for providing everything needed for our life and also for godliness. Thank you for your grace and your mercy, your patience and your loving kindness. And thank you, Lord, for being good to all. Help us to see you as a giver of all good things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.